It's Matt from the Man Cave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching with your daily devotion for March the 8th. Hope you're having an excellent day today. Hey, today we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're looking at a fantastic story about the great prophet Elijah. I love Elijah. Friends, if you don't know I love Elijah, then shame on you. You haven't listened to enough of my videos. That is a cool cat. He's a mountain man. Getting it on, getting it done for who? For the Lord. Gotta love him, okay? Hey, listen, he didn't put up with a bunch of guff. I would love for Elijah to go to some of our churches today and maybe just sit there in the pew, sing a few songs, and listen to the pastor. Here's the thing. I think Elijah would go up, grab that guy by the shoulders, and throw him out the front door if he wasn't preaching the pure word of God. Here's the thing. God tells Elijah to go to King Ahab. Confront him. I want you to look him right in the blues and confront him. And so Elijah is standing before King Ahab after about three and a half years of destroying the economy. And you know what King Ahab says? He doesn't acknowledge it was God's judgment. You know what? He's, he's pointing the finger at Elijah. He says, is that you, you old troubler of Israel? And Elijah says, man, it's not me. It's you and your family and your practices of worshiping Baal, okay? And, and you're destroying and killing all these prophets, okay? And so Elijah says this, hey, I'll tell you what, let's have it out. Old school. And you're like, really, Matt? No. <laughs> he says this. Hey, let's have a showdown. Let's go to Mount Carmel, okay? One of the best stories in the whole Bible. We're going to start in verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets of Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said this. Listen to this. Realize this. There's about a thousand people that absolutely hate Elijah. Those 900 prophets of Baal in the groves, they hate him. Why? Because Elijah's made a mockery of them. Baal worship, the, the false deity Baal was supposed to be the god of weather, okay? Okay? And so they've been doing all this, this whole time. Here's the thing. The one true God is showing them who's truly God. Verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. See, Elijah's an in-your-face kind of guy. He's saying this. Here's the thing. If Baal's the guy, then follow him wholeheartedly. But if it's Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, follow him. You can't waver. You can't decide I'm going to be in both camps at one time. You can't nibble over here and nibble over here. It has to be one way or the other. It cannot be. A house divided cannot stand. Is this? How long will you halter between two positions? Okay? Why are you wavering? Okay? Friends, let me, can I just share this with you? There are so many people within the Christian church, okay, that are wavering. They're straddling the fence. They're doing a little bit of the world and a little bit of this. And God says, choose this day whom you will serve. Okay, you can't waver. Because if you waver and you're in between, guess what? You're not in God's camp. God's not going to take half of you and send you to heaven, the other half and send you to hell. Oh no, it's either 100% God. Why is that? Because God's a jealous God. God wants to bless you. Here's the thing. You're doing yourself no good living in the world and of the world and of the things of the world and deciding to go to church on Sunday when you're not really serving Him and you're a hypocrite, okay? It doesn't work. God is saying this. Not Matt. I'm not down on you. Friends, I'm not down on you. But Elijah's saying this to the people. He's saying this to the people and he's saying it in front of all these false prophets. How long are you going to waver? How long are you going to have divided loyalties? How long are you going to straddle the fence? How long are you going to incorporate sin and call yourself a Christian? Okay? Friends, it just doesn't work. And too many people I meet are defeated. They say, Matt, the Christian life doesn't work. It doesn't work when you don't sell out to it. That's why we have to make Jesus, watch this very carefully, Adonai. The word Adonai means Lord. Lord, master, savior, owner. I sold out. I put up the white flag. I'm abiding in the vine. It has to be his way. 100%. Not 99%, but 100%. If it's not, it doesn't work because God says this, I'm jealous. I'm not going to have you serving anything else. You're not going to serve materialism. You're not going to serve money. You're not going to serve this and this and this and this and all the things that Satan is peddling, okay? Why? 
because God's jealous. He loves you. God wants well, Elijah says this, folks. I love this. In verse 23, he says, Get two bulls for us. Let them choose the one for themselves and let the other one be cut into pieces and put on wood. Meaning this. Elijah's saying this. Let's have it out, okay? Set up an altar. You get a bull, I get a bull. Chop them up. Get them ready, okay? And then call upon your God. You go first, okay? The Baal worshipers, you go first. Set it all up and the God who answers by fire is the true God, okay? And so what ends up happening? The Baal worshipers put all these huge stones out there and they cut up this gigantic bull and then what do they start doing? What are they doing? They're doing this. Wait, wait, gotta get this. What are they doing? They're going, and here's the thing, their custom was this, to cut themselves. And so what they were doing is they were dancing around this bull, okay? Not an hour, not two hours, not five hours. And they, were, and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. Oh, Baal, answer us. They shouted and screamed, but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar that he, they had made. Uh, and then at, at noontime, again, Elijah's mocking him, just jamming him so hard. It's so funny. Elijah finally says, hey, the charade's over. Your false god, he's a joke. Joke! It's so funny. Elijah's sitting there in his little chair on the ground, and he's mocking. There's about 900 of them dancing around, cutting themselves. There's blood all over the place. It's a mess. They're, they're putting blood on their faces. They're cutting their hairs. They're, they're just doing all these things, trying to get this false deity to do something. But there's no power in Baal worship, okay? There's no power in Moloch. There's no power in Dagon, okay? Those are all, they're made-up fantasies. The only thing that's behind them is who? Satan, okay? And God's not going to allow Satan to fool around today, okay? Oh yeah, Satan sometimes makes people believe in these different things. There's nothing to him, okay? And so they do this for hours, so much so that Elijah starts mocking him. He says, well, maybe your God, maybe he went to the bathroom. He, he's constipated. I mean, Elijah says, maybe he went to the subway to get a sandwich. Um, maybe his girlfriend. Elijah's just kind of, he's really jamming the guys, okay? And then finally says, Elijah goes like this, enough, okay? So when our story picks up in verse 30, it says this, Elijah said to the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins, okay? Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribe of the descendants from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two sets of seed. He arranged the wood, he cut the bulls in pieces and laid it upon the wood, and he said to them fill four large jars with water okay and, and pour it all over the offering all oh, friends Elijah okay he repairs the altar okay gets it up to par cuts up the animal okay he digs a trench around it, and he dumps water he says hey go get a bunch of water they dump water he says hey not enough go get more water and so again they go get more water it's not enough he goes a third time go get water and they get all of this water so everything look at look at everything is just soaking wet okay and then in verse 36, at the time of the evening sacrifice, watch this. See, Elijah is a smart cat, okay? He realizes there was a certain time in Israel when they were obedient, when they would sacrifice unto the Lord. It was in the later afternoon, kind of in the twilight, okay? Right when it was starting to get a little bit dust. There was a certain time when they had, okay? Again, when Israel was being obedient to the God of Yahweh, okay? Again, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doing the right thing, the way God wanted it, okay? And so it's, it's, that's a whole other devotion right there and then. And I could go on about that, doing it God's way, but for time's sake, we can't do it. Okay. Verse 36 so, says, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
actually it says Israel. Let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. See, Elijah's not taking credit for this. This isn't Elijah just going out in pride and arrogance. I'm going to be in your face because God's with me. Oh no, this has all been led by who? God, okay? I love that, okay? And he, he's, he's, he's not saying, I didn't do any of this. This is what he's saying. I didn't do any of this in my own strength. This has all been led by God, okay? Everything that's taken place, the famine, everything has been by God's hand by God's provisions, by God's blessing, by God's judgment, okay? He sustained me this whole time, but he's brought judgment against you. It's all been God. And I love verse 37. Elijah says this. He's praying. He takes a step back, and he's praying unto God with his hands wide open. He says, answer me, O Lord. Answer me. So these people will know. Know what? That you are God. Then the Oh my goodness! Verse 38. Here's the thing. You ought to write this down on an index card, okay? Then the fire. Oh, guys. I'm so jazzed right now. I love it. I love it! I love it! Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, the soil. It licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them. Watch this. Let me just end the story, okay? God does this miraculous miracle. There's nothing to Baal worship, okay? But here's the thing. All those false prophets of Baal, they saw the one true God. Fire. I'm not talking about lightning. Friends, I'm talking about fire. What you would see in a campfire, but so condensed, so furious, so powerful. Coming down, burning up rocks, burning up dust, burning the animal, burning everything. So there's nothing but ashes, okay? And God, what does he do then? He blows up. And these people, all the people of Israel who have had divided loyalties, who have been wavering, okay, who have just not been living for the Lord, they fall down on their faces. The Lord is God. He's God. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Oh, we messed up. We messed up. They're repenting. They're saying, oh God, oh God. Here's the thing. They're crying out, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this, 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 this. Why does it take something like this for them to repent? Why does it take something like this in your life or my life for us to get right with God? So friends, all of Israel is out there witnessing this great miracle, okay? And why does it, it take something like this? Why does it take something so dramatic in our lives for us to finally get right with God? Friends, why can't we just do it today? Why can't we just hear a sermon like this or a devotion like this? Why can't we just say, look inward like David did, okay? And say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be with you, okay? And get right. Well, the next thing that happens is this, okay? Okay, all those prophets that witness it, Elijah commands that they all be killed. And so they, all the people grab those false prophets who have been lying to them, who have been having them engage in things that God said no to, okay? They drag them down the mountain. Because here's the thing. The place where the fire came down just now, guess what? That's holy ground. God's been there, okay? So they drag them. That's why they're taking these false prophets, these cult leaders, okay, down the mountain. What do they do? They take their swords and they slam. There's a consequence to not serving God, okay, and living in idolatry, okay? And this is just proof of that. You want to stick so close to God. And friends, God's not against you. God is for you. God loves you. Is this, how is as Elijah able to accomplish these things? How is he so emboldened? How is he so filled with God? And friends, it, it starts here. That he got a word from the Lord. Go to the brook. Okay? And while I was at the brook, okay, God was 
He was doing some cutting away. God was sanding him, sifting him, molding him. God was doing a work on Elijah. Elijah wasn't perfect. Elijah was like you and I. Elijah's no different than you and I. He was just a regular Joe that God was going to use in an extraordinary way. What's great about Elijah is he just opened himself up and said, Lord, use me as you will. And so God was doing some things at the brook. He was stretching him. He was molding him. He was sanding him and sifting him. He was hacking at him, okay? Then he sends him to the widow of Zarephath and he's doing the same thing, but in a different way. And God, during those times, at the brook and in Zarephath, okay, God is making the great man of God, Elijah, into who he is. So now he's going to stand before 900 prophets of Baal in the groves, okay, stand before Jezebel, stand before Ahab. He's going to be a witness uh, in front of the people of the Almighty God and what he can do when you're sold out to him, okay? Friends, it's not rocket science. It's all about God, okay? It's never about us. It's not our talents, our gifts, our abilities, our looks, our, our resources, our finances. It's none of those things. It's God Friends, in it is God who makes us bold, who makes us courageous, that gives us the zeal, that gives us the direction, that rests upon us, okay, like a mantle. It said that he had that prayer shawl, that mantle that was upon him. Really what he had was he had a great anointing upon him because he sold out to God. Friends, here's the thing. I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'm asking you to be an Elijah. Friends, let me ask you this question. Who are you in the story? Obviously, you're not God. <laughs> That's free, okay? So yeah, we're not God. So here's the thing. I'd like to think I'm talking to a bunch of Elijahs out there, okay? But maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm talking to people who are false teachers or who aren't telling all the truth. See, if you don't tell all the truth, you're a false teacher, you know? Or maybe I'm talking to, like, the Israelites. Maybe someone who's has divided loyalties. I mean, who are you in the story? Are you the king? Are you in a position of prominence, of power, but you've been using your authority incorrectly? Are you married to someone who's influencing you to do the wrong things? Who are you in the story? Friends, I want to tell you, no matter who you are, they all need the same thing. They all need what Elijah had. What did Elijah have? He had reliance upon the one true God. It starts and stops right there. We need God. He doesn't need us, but we absolutely need Him for every day of this life. He wants you to call out to Him. And friends, here's the thing. If you come to God with a humble spirit and call out to Him, He's not going to reject you. He's going to accept you. You and I are just like the prodigal. And here's the thing. When we come back home to God, and He's going to wrap His arms around us, and He's going to love us. Friends, here's the thing. God wants the best for you. He wants to bless your life. He wants to overwhelm you. You can't even imagine the things and the plans that He has for you and what He wants to do through you and in you and for and you. It okay? requires this one thing. It requires surrendering to His Lordship. Make Him Lord and Savior of your life. Make Him owner. You'll never be sorry that you did. Well, hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave.